Liberty's moving. The 1015 event's been moved inside to the Indian Treaty Room. 1015 is American Fisheries? Uh, yes, sir. They're giving you a 200-pound halibut. Janie, make a note. We need to schedule more events where somebody gives me a really big fish. Yes, sir. Janie, I'm kidding. Of course, Hey, sir. Cooper. Morning, Mr. President. Mr. Rothschild asked to have a moment with you this morning, sir. Is he upset about the speech last night? He seemed concerned. Well, it wouldn't be a Monday morning unless Lewis was concerned about something I did Sunday night. He skipped the whole paragraph. And Monday morning it is. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. This is Cheap Seat Reviews. Hello, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. The greater good. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh, but it did. I mean, I know you're, al- you're always going to do it. You've been doing it since. Yeah, you've I been did, like three. At least 500 times. At le- <laughs> well, well, since this is episode 331, maybe not 500, but... Um, oh, was, was it not with you guys? Okay. Uh, oh, well, you've been doing... You've been cheating off with other podcasts? I, I might be. Well, Sorry. No, that's fine. I understand. I mean, if you're going to do it, <laughs> might as well do it with a good good podcast. Uh, let's see. Hot Fuzz <laughs> was episode 85, so you've been doing this okay. since roughly then is when you kind of okay. started that. So, so like the mid nineties. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. actually, yeah, you probably didn't pick it up until after all that. So yeah. So yeah. we're talking 200 and something episodes with the point, I guess. I don't know if there was a, even a point. The point is, is that this is episode 331. And this evening we're talking about the American president. I which, am which one? Uh, the like like okay. the Ohio State University is just the American president. The American president. Okay. Yeah. I okay. All of your middle names are long. I don't know why. I was just maybe I was feeling You're like the, the mood. like the Sorkin vibe where I had to have like more words than are necessary. Okay. Uh, so I'm Sean Allred, and joining me tonight is Andrew. The Situation Room seems like a weird place to make a joke, Jimison. Well, actually. My bedroom is called the Situation Room, and I like to make jokes in there. Just saying. Actually, it was it was once called the, the bathroom was actually once called the Situation Room. Sure, but I ended up yeah. in, in in pretty deep crap. Yeah, nice. Yeah, see what I did there? I did. That's nice. Do you have like a handprint scanner to get into the Situation Room? Is that how you have like a, like a thumbprint scanner to get in or something like that? It was retina. It's retina. retina. Yeah. And rectal? Yeah. 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 <laughs> well. <laughs> you weren't expecting that one. <laughs> oh, also joining us is Sam. Michael J. Fox looks way too young to be a senior advisor to the President Vector. But he, he was like 80 when he was in this role. So that makes complete sense. Michael J. Fox has always trended young, I believe. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. just so you know, Sean. Yeah. You know, trying to find an unusual way to kill you sure. in, this, in this episode. As you do. Um, 
I would certainly not say on any kind of podcast that goes over the air that you have some sort of threat against the president um, <laughs> on this on this podcast. Yeah, so I certainly would never say that to to get you in trouble with anybody. Man. So, yeah, in case yeah. the Secret Service is listening. That's, that's <laughs> nice. I just assumed that you would like you would you would send me to Syria or Libya, wherever that janitor was about to die, and put me next to him or something. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I mean, that's literally the only death in the movie, so I just assumed that I was going to die next to the janitor. No, I guess not. I'm sorry. Okay, that's fine. And <laughs> making her podcasting Woo! debut. Uh, never has before she been on a show. And here it is. Joining us tonight is Melissa is only here because she thought we were playing video games Apple. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> He's not lying. I mean... It is so great to have you. Thank you for coming on. And I feel um, shorted in a way. <laughs> oh, that's the that's the whole goal of this podcast. So. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. Heck. We we short our <laughs> listeners every every week. Yeah, pretty much by about mission an, accomplished by about an hour's <laughs> worth of their life. Sean, Sean actually drove up in a white van and said, "Hey, you you want to <laughs> play video games? Get in the van." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have video games and candy in the van. Yeah. And instead, it's security footage that backs that up. Yeah, yeah. So, there you go. And now you're on a podcast. It's it's I awesome to have you on. Like, so for real, for those who listen and care, um, uh, Melissa, we we met playing video games. We got tired of getting beat by your squad, so we decided to join you. <laughs> yeah, and that's, and then that's true. That is true. Just in kind of conversation in between, you know, matches and whatever, we found out that you like the movies, and frankly, you seem to know more about them than we did. So we thought, well, yeah. gosh, we like having <laughs> smart people on the show. That that at least that, one, at least one. Well, that's why I say we like to have smart. That's why I say we like to invite smart people on the show, <laughs> um, because if we if we insert the IQ higher, then the the average gets brought up. You know what I'm saying? Like. Mm-hmm. Like she is the mm-hmm. Vanderbilt and we're the SEC. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Vanderbilt. Are you sure you got the right person out of my squad to join? <laughs> I'm, not sure. I'm not sure that that applies here, but yeah. we'll go with it. Yeah, we're going to stick with it. So tonight yeah, we're doing the good. American president because, well. Which, which one? Again, the. The American okay. president. All right. Just, just, I'm trying to figure out which, which one we're on. So I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's obvious. It's the. Was it Bartlett? It was not President Bartlett, and it was oh. really weird seeing. Um, ah, that 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 trips me up every time I see this movie. I, by the way, yeah. So this was my first time seeing this movie. Really? Like, yeah, it was. Was, it was so you were a virgin president? Okay, sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's a weird way to say it. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Andrew? You're nodding your head. Was this the same for you? Yeah, it was, and my wife was really surprised that I'd never seen it. Because apparently really? she had seen it like six times. Hmm. Yeah. I've never seen it. I've seen it several times, actually. I, I think I've seen like bits and pieces of it. You know, I remember, I guess maybe middle school, my parents might have been watching it or something. And I was yeah. in and out of the in and out of the room or something. I do, I, I do remember. I was, like, I was never allowed to uh, to watch the heathen heathen uh, Sorkin um, to leaning leftist uh Type of stuff. Mm. So, it well, was, it would have looked it weird on evil the black and white television show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to deny that. Yeah, sure. That's funny. Um, no, I just it, for no reason other than I just 
didn't or wasn't interested. I mean, in '95, see, I was uh, uh, two, eighth grade, ninth grade, yeah. right? Yeah, eighth grade. So I definitely wouldn't have cared about this in the theater or anything like that. And I, uh, you know, my my parents didn't watch it, so we didn't have it in the house. So yeah, I just I just I'm, just missed it. I remember renting this on on it might have even been tape and and watching it while while a girlfriend is on the couch with me. Sure. I remember that. I think well you were already at voting age when this movie came out anyway, so <laughs> so it was relevant. Yeah, like this was like research for you. Opposition research. That's what you should have told your parents. I'm doing opposition research. Doing opposition research. There you I'm, go. I'm seeing what the left is saying about us right now. That's that's nice. <laughs> that's great. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, Sam, why don't you go ahead and start us off with your five-word review, sir? Do I have to? No. I mean, I guess we okay. can make someone else do it, but usually you do it. All right. Um, I've got two. And the first one is an angry speech wins every time. Yeah. Nice. And then my, my second one, and, um, and it's basically just a West Wing warm-up. Okay. Yeah. And, and you know, this is... I don't know this. I think this movie is going to be hard to, to hard to review because it's it's basically it, it is an, a, not a chick flick, but it totally follows the usual romantic comedy yeah. formula. Right? You got two people who are not on the same page get together. They find that they like each other. They get into you know relationship. They they get angry at each other and then somehow something that somebody does uh brings the usually brings the woman back um into his arms. Yeah. So that you know and that could describe a thousand romantic comedies. Yeah, that um, the the trope that the only trope that I wrote was basically what you just said is that uh the things are going well, <clears throat> excuse me, things are going well, but the thing that's in the background that's like the unspoken yeah. thing that that we as the viewer are aware of but both parties aren't aware of that's yeah. the thing that can mess up the relationship does. And then one has to do the big romantic gesture to repair the thing. Exactly. Like that's and, literally in every Hallmark movie. Yeah. So then you, you know, you, you boil it down to the merits. And first of all, I got to say, I, I love Sorkin. I just love Sorkin. I think this is early Sorkin. I don't think he's got into quite his groove yet. Um, when you compare it to things like social network, and uh, uh, some of the other stuff we saw, the, the mag not Magnificent Seven, the Trial of the Chicago Seven. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and things like that. But this, I'm, I'm glad he did this because I wonder if this got him tripped up into the, the West Wing universe, right? Where he was like, man, this, this might be something fun to write about because I would watch West Wing over this any, any day of the week. But I can see the, the spots in this movie where that inspiration came from. And, and, and that makes me appreciate it a little bit. Now the story, you know, the, the story of this movie in terms of why these people are together, you know, what is the, the great um, chaos maker, you know, what is the problem maker in this? I don't know if I totally try totally feel it out, but I, you know, I might, you know, listen to you guys talk about it a little bit more, but I, I didn't buy the speech. At the very end, when he's going off, right, I just, it didn't hit me the right way that, that I'm like, this is going to change the minds of voters and everybody's going to go his way. Um, I just, I saw what, what can sometimes be called uh, right through Sorkin's uh, self, um, 
righteousness with some of the characters he wrote he writes and then that's when sorkin does not work for me i 100 percent so, agree like yeah. I, it's it's a little bit over the top and it was like if you're actually listening to what he says he would <laughs> it's very polarizing so he would he would have an issue you know and he's not going to win over viewers that are viewers or voters that way anyways yeah not the know. voters that are are going with the argument that um that the uh, the his opponent is presenting right now us as sympathetic people to him are like yeah go for it right but it didn't it just didn't work well we're we're certainly we're certainly supposed to feel good for him and we're supposed to have that you know I'm all excited part for him like we're supposed to get there and the speeches I mean the words are great and the you know the the fact that the press corps is just in awe of what's happening <laughs> and and Sorkin does he likes to repeat himself to prove a point so when he says you know you know if you want to have a um if you want to make this about character come you know at me you 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 attack me or whatever like he says that like three times in the thing and that's what Sorkin likes to do he likes to repeat to to emphasize the the point the the part that really just smacked me upside the face of the bat is when he literally says we're coming for your guns yeah and I that thought that would not go over well I thought oh okay sure I um so side fun side story is that um, when President Obama was elected, at the time I was working as an installer, a freelance installer, and I got um, uh, called to go do this install. We were installing security cameras. There's a, a, a shop just down the street from where I live now that makes uh, firearms. They make guns. And their biggest seller is, it was their brand. I don't. It wasn't an AR, because AR stands for Armalite. So it wasn't an AR. But basically, it's that model. It's that AR-15 model. And the guy's mm-hmm. like, I can't, I can't make them fast enough. He said, I don't, literally, I'll make, you know, a thousand in, I don't know, let's say a week. And they're already sold. And because President Obama was elected, because people thought that he was coming for their guns. And so we Same had Same reason why ammo is hard to find right now. Right, exactly. And so, and so I remember thinking at the time, thinking this is, this is a really interesting reaction to, to a president that at no point has ever said, I'm coming for your guns. But then you hear Michael Douglas's speech, and I think maybe this is why people think that. I don't know. So anyway, um, but it was a cool his uh again that his shop where he whatever on the top floor it was like an attic, and he had all this World War II memorabilia out there. It was really cool. He had like old Thompsons. He also has a the other part of his shop was um, he would build World War II era weapons uh, as props, and he would he would. Um, sell them to prop stores like, like movie movie stuff yeah so like if you're gonna oh, cool. make saving private ryan you're gonna need a, you know 300 m1 grands so he would hmm. make them non-firing so they would look like the weapon that you could hold and pull the trigger but nothing would happen so uh anyway weird side note but it's just to your point sam and i think melissa to your point yeah. is like the the inspirational speech was was inspirational if you were, if you ignored the soaring music, and if you ignored <laughs> the the red, you know how how he was delivering it, if you got down to those words, wrote them on a piece of paper, it would be like, whoa, wait a second, yeah, 
there's going to be a lot of people in the middle here who are not going to be happy with this at all. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. So, uh, so, Andrew, what you got? Well, mine's fairly straightforward, actually. And I did have to create a word to make this five words. So, <laughs> Perfect. Well, oh, I had to merge some words, I guess. So, oh, that's the, what they're calling su- it nowadays. Okay. Yeah. No. Successful-ish. That's the first yes. word. Successful-ish. Successful-ish. Comedy, love story. Well, sorry, political comedy love story. There we go. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Successful-ish. Yeah, it's, it's not a bad movie. It's not, and, uh, you know, I don't know how many times that you can, I don't know how often we see a movie that is in all three genres that is done well. You know, usually we see a film that's done in one or the other, or maybe they hit two of those boxes, but this one I felt like, you know, they, everything was pretty good. Uh, what you were talking about in the speech, that bothered me too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I didn't quite buy it, but overall I was very pleased with the movie and, and I did feel like it went on a little bit long. Um, I don't know why, I don't know if it was my mood or whatever, but it, it, uh, but it was enjoyable though. You know, I thought that the comedy was appropriate and, and still relevant, but the movie itself is kind of dated in some some aspects. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I like the idea of a president who is trying to date. That, that's, that is kind it's of funny. different. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, because how would, Ed, no, no, please go ahead. I mean, how would that be handled? That wouldn't, I don't think that that would be handled very well. I think that no. either side would probably pull on it a little bit <laughs> or maybe a lot, <laughs> but yeah. I think that, like handling it the way that he did was probably not the way to go about it. Cause he's like, Oh, let's just put this off. Nobody really cares. You know, completely (laughs) ignoring the whole, Hey, I'm dating a lobbyist, by the way, huge conflict of interest. Yes. Yeah. It kind of bothered me about the movie too. Cause you know, it just did. And that whole scenario of a president dating a lobbyist, I don't know that that would work out. Well, in today's society, let alone, <laughs> I don't know. I think the one part, uh, sorry, Andrew, I know I, I just jumped on you, but I think the one You're part fine. of the, the, the lobbyist bit that doesn't bother me is the fact that she's a lobbyist on the side of him. You know, like, mm. I know that I, I see what you're saying. It is kind of a conflict of interest because she is, you know, they, but like, but he's for her lobby. It's not like he was dating someone from the NRA. Like that, I think would be, would that be worse or better? I don't know. I don't know. It's the same. Saying. I guess it's, mm. not, it's the yeah. same. I guess. It didn't, I don't know. I didn't no. really, I never cared about that, honestly. It didn't, it, that part never really bothered me because it was like, okay, he's dating this, this, this lawyer and whatever. But, okay. What were you going to say, Andrew? Well, I was just going to say, I think the closest thing that we've seen to this, and, and I say we, Mainly just Sam, because he's the only one that was around really when it happened. But um, I think the closest thing we've seen in in the political world is Charles and Diana. You know, and she wasn't someone that was, you know, an an opposing belief or or a lobbyist or anything like that. But, you 
know, to see how the world reacted to a person who is, uh, well, he wasn't, I mean, he was looked at as the heir to the throne at that time and, and still is in some aspects. But, um, you know, that was kind of, I guess, going back and watching The Crown and, and going back and watching some documentaries about Princess Diana. It... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Did we lose him? His internet's been a little little, little funky all day anyway. A little shaky. Yeah. Art row. Well, while he's... Oh. Did he, did he crash? I don't know. All right. Well... He's staring into my soul, though. Yeah, he really is. It's great. <laughs> he does have lovely eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa, do you have one? Do you have a five-word review you want to share? I do. I've got two. I did, I couldn't decide okay. on it. Great. First one's kind of a a pun on you guys' name. Oh, perfect. Oh. In in the movie, he says something to the is about like how's the view from the cheap seats, AJ? Right. <laughs> so I just kind of put you know it's a pretty good view from the cheap seats. Is it kind of you know it's just a pretty good movie. All right, it's cool. not great, but it's pretty good. But the other one I had was, it's good you blowhole, because he says that in the movie, too. <laughs> he said he went to Stan- Stanford, you blowhole. Yeah, <laughs> I do remember that part. Yeah. Uh, That's great. Uh, growing up, my my mom and dad let me watch a whole bunch of movies that, I, um, that they were into and they kind of liked. So this one was, like, high up on their list. I watched yeah. it a lot with my dad. And... Um, I always liked it because I'm a I was a pretty sarcastic person and I still am. So there had this movie is chock full of like one-liner sarcastic quotable references. Absolutely. And if you guys know anything about me, I'm about the quotable <laughs> things about TV shows and movies. So uh, I always liked this movie just because of that because there the humor in it. I really enjoy the humor in it because he's such a smart aleck and says some Things and you know his staff say some things and they're they have good chemistry there and I, the, I always like that the chemistry of the cast is very good in this movie I believe yeah oh. agree how how fun would it have been if Michael J Fox would have been able to stay on like for the West Wing I think he would have been perfect on the West Wing well, yeah. as as well as some of the other characters in this movie I think would have would have been fun on the West Wing I mean he would yeah. eventually go on to do Spin City. Mm-hmm. Not much. Well, I would say much longer. It was probably about a decade after this. Yeah. Um, trying to think, when did he do it? Let's see. Spin City was in. Well, yeah, ninety six. Just a couple of years later, from ninety six mm-hmm. to oh one. So, um, it would actually have been honestly, it would have been pretty neat for him to go from from Spin City into West Wing. But mm-hmm. I think at that point, um, life was getting a little bit more difficult for him. With the Parkinson's, um, he which did is do, sad. I like Michael J. Fox. Well, he did. He <laughs> did. He did Boston Legal in '06. Yeah, and uh, but you know he did the Stuart Little movies, but that's just voiceover. And Atlantis: The Lost Empire. So, uh, and Homeward Bound. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry for that awkward pause. Andrew was texting us. We're texting him back and forth trying to figure out what's going on. His internet crashed. He's loading back in, but apparently my picture is still staring at him. He said, you're staring at me disappointedly. Um, 
But I mean, I mean, Sam, to your point, you mentioned earlier yeah. this movie is kind of hard to review a little bit because we're such fans of the West Wing, and so yeah, to me the. <laughs> Because I've watched West Wing like five times and then now this movie once, this movie for me was almost like fan service, right? Because it was like, yeah. oh, hey, they're in West... Oh, and they're in West Wing. Oh, and she's... Yeah. So, so there are times and, when... like, And it's not their fault. Anna DeVere Smith, who plays the press secretary in the movie, is the, um, is the national security advisor in the West Wing. So she's way more dry, way more serious. You know, she's Dr. McNally. Like, she's this force. And in this movie, she's like the old go shuck, you know, like this happy-go-lucky. And I'm like, this is wrong. This, I mean, I know you're acting, and you're doing a really good job of it. And I can see why you would get further, you know, you would get more work in the West Wing because you're really good at what you do. But this is weird. And um, so anyway, but yeah, Michael J. Fox was really good in the movie. And I don't know the actor's name. Um, but he, he plays like the, like the, the nerd, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the, the mm -hmm. math nerd. I, I like him in everything. He just has this just delivery of, of, uh, David, uh, Pamer, Pimer, Pamer. Yeah. yeah. He's great. I just, I just love his, his bits. So my five oh, do review, you? I do. Uh, I like his, there's no <laughs> way to say that without sounding, oh my gosh, it, <laughs> Andrew, it looks like. <laughs> You have a flashlight on because you've run out of power. Like, yeah. Are you? Is the hamster wheel stopped in the house? It's a uh, bust out some Simon and Garfunkel. That's what it looked like. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know if he can I hear. I don't us. think he can hear us, but this is yeah. great. This is the best podcast we've ever done. I'm so glad you're here with us, Melissa, for this one. Absolutely. And I'm back. Nice. There he is. <laughs> so my my five now, word. Now here's the thing. You know oh. what this this movie reminded me of? What's Tom? that? This feels like a pilot episode for West Wing, where it's not quite all there, but yet it's still, you know there's going to be something good to come out of it. Yeah, I can kind of see why you say that. I mean, I mean, obviously the, the pilot is, does kind of feel that way of the West Wing, but the pilot itself is still a really great episode. Yes, it is. Which is, which is, which is unique. Um, but yeah, I can kind of see that. I mean, it does kind of feel like a two-hour rom-com of, of pilot of the west wing and i was as i'm taking my notes i'm i was trying to think okay i gotta review the movie not compared to west wing like it's it's yeah, like it's when hard we, not to it's like when we watch a movie that's based on a book you know we try not to always just compare it to the book you know we want to we want to try to to review it on the merits of the movie itself and so i was yeah you know, i was trying to do that as well and like one of the biggest things i cued in on is that it's it's so much brighter in this movie than it is in the West Wing. The West Wing is darkly lit. It's yeah. just, it's always dark on that set. And this one was like, oh my gosh, it's like nuclear explosion outside. It's so bright. Like you can actually see out the windows and see, you know, the Marine One landing and stuff like that. So it's just, it's fun details like that I really enjoyed. Uh, my five word review is simply rom-com meets Aaron Sorkin. Oh, there you go. Yeah, just pretty, pretty simple sure. little thing there. I think I think I actually just did write a review. Like this is if if someone asked me what is, and the American president, I would say, oh, Aaron Sorkin wrote a rom com. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so I'm I'm reading back over my notes. 
so my wife watched this with me as as she has wanted to do to watch the, the movies with me and unless it's just going to be something that I say you don't want to watch this one mm-hmm. and uh, one of the things that she cued in on and Sam you and I have had a topic uh, on on a very short lived other podcast we did together <laughs> Annette Benning is 14 years younger than Michael Douglas uh-huh. oh wow yeah and it's and it was so weird because I'm usually more sensitive to that. It didn't hit me, but it it Sarah was very aware of it. I mean, it was we were ten minutes mm-hmm. in to watch it, and she's like, "Gosh, she's so much younger than him." And I thought, "Wait, really?" Oh, Hollywood is so creepy sometimes. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, just like we had the conversation about Obi Wan or not Obi Wan, but Anakin and Padme. Yes, Didn't we have that conversation because yeah. yep. it was weird. Is when then they. Brought him out in the first episode, and then all of a sudden, second episode, he's like madly in love with her. And I'm like, wait, he was just a toddler, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> just a few minutes ago, he was a toddler. I don't understand what's happening. Yeah. So, that always catches yeah. me too. I don't know if it's a thing with women, but you can tell an age difference pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, usually, I catch that, but this one didn't bother me. I don't know why. Maybe well, I think she, it was uh, her hair. Her hair actually. Uh, and and maybe this is just me, and this is probably sexist, but I'm gonna say it anyway. I feel like those sh- <laughs> the shorter haircuts sometimes make women look older. And I, I, yeah, I did not. I, I don't know I, if that's true, but I don't know. Yeah, I did not realize there was such an age difference. It did not. It did not appear to me yeah. that big a difference in this in this one. Hey, but now I'm, that I'm not gonna be able to to not see it now. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like an earwig. It'll stick with you now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tell you what. Another thing that kind of bothered me about this movie was when Michael Douglas's character, President Shepard, always seemed to pick on Lewis, which was Michael J. Fox's character. Like he was never like nice to him, overtly nice. He was always like <laughs> on the attack every every time he talked to him. And you know, I didn't notice it when I was younger, but now I'm like, why is he so aggressive with him? He's just trying to point out that, you know, maybe this isn't the way we should go. And he's like, you know what you should do? <laughs> you know, it just it just caught me off guard and I was just like, wow, he is super aggressive with him. But, I don't know. Yeah, I think it it I think maybe the intention of of the director and writer is to show that this team is more of a family than just coworkers, mm-hmm. and that I mean, Sam and I bust each other chops all the time because we've known each other for twenty eighty two years. Well, legit twenty years at this point. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. so <laughs> and it feels like eighty two. Believe me. Yes. Um, yeah. But I, you know, I, I just I maybe I, mean, I see your point, Melissa. You're, you're right. He does. Yeah. He does bust on him. I mean, like the yes. opening. I mean, the opening clip I played. Is literally like, oh, is he gonna be mad at me? Oh, here he is. He's yelling at it's me. It's Monday now. morning again. But in yep. but in fairness, he does give it back. You know what I'm saying? Well, he, at the end. Well, yeah, but well, yeah, but he also does kind of push the president. I think a little bit too, probably more than I think some would be allowed mm-hmm. to. I think. Um, I don't know. Maybe needs. not. I don't know. Right? Isn't he an advisor? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I I I would obviously I really have no idea. Obviously, because I've never been near right. a White House, so I I only have what, you know, what the one the West Wing has taught me and what 
what you glean from news articles and whatever. So I have no idea. Maybe that's exactly how it is. Maybe they're able to say whatever the heck they want to say to the president. I literally have no idea. So, um, but a good a good leader will not have surround themselves with yes men. Yeah, you know, you want to surround right. yourself with. Uh, I mean, even Aaron Sorkin wrote for the West Wing. He likes to surround himself with smart people that disagree with him. So yeah. But it, it was kind of a point in this movie, too. Like, anytime he got, like, questioned, he just flew off the handle. Like, when <laughs> when, when AJ was, like, when he was going through that whole, um, how the cheap, view from the cheap sheet, cheap seats, and all of a sudden he was just like, you know what? He shoved that pull cue down on the table and was like, you know what? Screw you. You know? And like, <laughs> all right, man. <laughs> sure. Doesn't like to be questioned. So... Yeah, he yeah, their scene got pretty heated and AJ did step step over the line and then and then in the final moment where he was like you know, because they're they're yelling at each other, as men do, we yell at each other and you take it too far when he's like, you know, where would I be without you? And he's like, Then you'd be the most popular president <laughs> at the Harvard Society or whatever he says, right? Like, I mean, he basically says you wouldn't be a president without me. And, and it, again, I have to do it, I have to compare to the West Wing, because in the West Wing, that relationship is the same, but the mm-hmm. attitude is different. You know, like in the West Wing, you know, Martin Sheen's character loves his chief of staff for getting him there. You know, he, he says, yeah. there's an episode where he says, I wouldn't be here without you. You should be standing here, not me. And he says, no, this, is, this was always about getting you there. Whereas in this moment, it was kind of like, Mr. President, I'm tired of your lip, and I'm going to put you in your place for just a minute because because you've been playing this thing wrong with your relationship. But so you you you've been you've been doing some bad politicking here, and that's why you've dropped 20 points in seven weeks. So which is a lot, by the way. <laughs> it really, yeah. is. a whole heck of a lot. Yeah, just reminded me of an angry teenager who got told no. You know, like it's or my two year old. Reminds me of my two-year-old when I say no, you know, just completely just fly off the handle and start pouting. That's what he acted like every time. I mean, if they meant to write it that way, he played it very well because it's very convincing. (laughs) But, (laughs) no. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, he's, in my, I guess in my in my limited view of of what it is, I mean, presidents have to have big egos. I mean, they have to in order to have the uh. responsibility of what their job is. They they need to. But you're not wrong. Michael Douglas does kind of play this as a dude with a fragile ego. Um, yeah. And which you can't have in a public office. You just can't. Yeah. Because like, which is weird because like. Because like when she's when they're dancing, she's like, "How do you do it?" And he goes, "What are you talking about?" She goes, "How do you have people staring at you all the time and like, like all this stuff?" Like she's asking them this this thing, and of course he's like, "Well, they're actually staring at you. They're not staring at me." And he's kind of deflecting a little bit, but so like in that moment he's playing it cool, but that's because he's with her. But when it's when it's time to be president, he he kind of does. He's he's no um, president Bartlett. That's all I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. What else? Uh, I also never realized how much the West Wing intro was like this intro. Yes. Opening credits. My gosh. Um, but that's okay. 
Uh, that's all my notes, really. Yes, yeah. anything, I mean, I, I don't want to make you feel people uh, think that we're who are listening to this that we all hated this movie. I don't. Well, I guess I can't speak for the three of you. I, I actually had a good time with this. I had I had fun with it. I was, again, it was like fanfic for me. I'm sitting there going, hey, look, you know. So, um, yeah. uh, was there anything in particular that you guys really liked about it? I Just liked the Sorkin. Um, yeah. Yeah. I liked uh, Lucy, his daughter, because oh. she was in Little Giants, and yeah. I thought that I could bring that up because I'm pretty sure somebody else has a talking point on it. Oh well, <laughs> I, I feel like I've beat that dead horse. <laughs> sure, he would want to toot that horn, right? Oh no, never, never. No, no, never. no. no one, you know, hey, toot that horn. Did I say toot the horn? That's a nice little uh, joke yeah. there. There you go. Okay, hang in there. <laughs> she can't play an E flat scale, but she can play Hail to the Chief. Come on, get out of here. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, you know, they probably just taught her that one thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Anyway, like the E flat scale is yeah. literally like the easiest scale to play as far as the, yeah. the physical positions of the trombone. But uh, as a band director, I was judging her tone quality really badly. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I thought, yeah, she wouldn't make it in my band. Sorry. <laughs> remind yeah. me never to link you anything that i've ever done <laughs> yeah uh, shauna waldron's great she was uh yeah like you said she's in little giants and uh she was a lot of fun as, as the ice box in those movies and as everyone that listens to the show for more than five minutes knows that yes i did work with her on a on a, on a pilot for a terrible tv show and she was oh, very she was very lovely. Did you run into her? She, yes, many times. And uh, okay. she was very lovely. And, on purpose. Yeah. Car? Do what? Was you... <laughs> Car? No, no, no. That's, that's another inside joke from many episodes <laughs> ago where I told the story. We were watching a movie that had Ashley Judd in it. And I told the story how I was working the, um, in Charlotte in 2012, we had the Democratic National Convention. And so she was talking at one of the sites that I was working as a, as a stagehand. And so I was walking around the corner to, to go to my position and she came around the corner at the same time. And we literally like crashed into each other and she's just a tiny little person, right? She's like, yeah, like five, three. Right. And I almost knocked her over and I said, Oh, I'm so sorry, Miss Judge. She said, and she kind of said, Oh, it's okay. And we kind of, well, so that was the joke, right? I ran into her. So every time I mention, whenever I name drop an actor that I've met, Sam likes to ask that I run into them. That's the <laughs> that's the origin story of that joke from a long time ago. Uh, let's see, that was Olympus has fallen, right? So that was uh, Olympus has fallen was episode uh, two, <laughs> episode two. So that joke has been going since episode wow. two. Yeah. Long time for a joke to run. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to think yeah, yeah. how how long has the boom under the horse been going along too? Oh my god, <laughs> I'm trying to Good remember life. before my time. Yeah, I'm trying to remember why we even did that one. But you know, again, the the for those who haven't heard that story, the the I did a western, so we had horses on set on purpose. Yeah. Which <laughs> which part? I did I did a western or that there were horses? <laughs> Yes, we had horses on set on purpose, <laughs> and I did work a western on purpose because they were paying me, so I worked it. And the uh, animal handler there told me not to put the boom above a horse's head because it freaks them out. They don't like things over their heads. 
And so whenever we would have dialogue near the horse, if you were standing next to the horse, I would have to have the boom pole low underneath. So it was, that's where Sam gets the joke boom under the horse. So anytime like a boom <coughs> is ever mentioned or seen accidentally in a shot, he'll say, they should have boomed under the horse. So that's, there you go. That's, there's yeah. the origin of that insight. I joke. think what, I think what Melissa's getting at is we need some new jokes. Yeah. No, no, I'm Absolutely. not saying that at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh. no, and I will say like that. Do you I, need to be patronizing or no? No. Patronizing, <laughs> patronizing is like, here. Yeah, yeah. It's like our default setting, so it's totally fine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Especially when it comes to Opie. Oh, absolutely. So. Yeah. And, uh, I'm red. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> the last thing I'll say about, um, uh, Shauna is that so we've had on uh, the show Will Triplett, a uh, friend of the show. We had him on, and he worked with me on that pilot also. And he was an actor. And so when I mentioned we were doing this show, he asked me on Facebook, "Hey, you should send her a Facebook message." And so I did, but I she has not even yet checked that message. So I feel like I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty low, low on the, the totem pole. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty low on the order of I'm not even worth looking at the message, which is fine. Again, it was 15 yeah. years ago. I doubt she would even recognize me. Are you so. trying to get guilt trip a, a, another uh, guest on our show? I would love to have her on the show, but, I don't, <laughs> but she would have to listen to, to be guilted. I don't guess. know. It feels a little like a guilt trip. That's that's kind of where I'm Do going. you think maybe she's listened to an episode or two and, and then was like, mm, no, uh, I'm not going to No, I don't, I don't think message. so. I mean, I, I really think the only way, my only way in that would be is if Will you know, like text her and be like, Hey, you should do this thing because my friend is cool. But she's probably like, why is this guy name dropping me all the time? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is that the guy that ran into Shauna? Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're going to move on. So <laughs> because no one else cares. We've, we've lost most of our audience at this point anyway. Uh, the only actually the last couple <laughs> notes I did was that poor agent that had to break up the kiss. I mean, yeah, you almost you almost feel bad for that guy. I don't feel bad for the couple making out in the china the plate room. Yeah, uh, but the fact that the agent has to interrupt them, I felt kind of bad for them. Which Excuse I always me, bomb C stad. <laughs> like yeah, you just break into there. Good <laughs> 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 memory she's gonna have forever. Yeah. I, uh, that well, let me ask you, out. actually, you know, there's something I wanted to ask, <laughs> uh, and that was, did it sometimes feel like the president was bullying her into dating him? Yes. Yeah, oh, definitely. Didn't it feel a little heavy-handed with, with the, the whole, yeah. you know, you're going on a date with me, you know, so. Yeah. Let's this... have our first date be very public state dinner. <laughs> right? The press. Yeah. It felt Very strange. Yeah. yeah. Well, this yeah, this movie can't be made the way it was made now post Me Too. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you're not wrong, Sam. It, 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 it's a little bit of, um, I don't know if I want to use the word bullying, but he's definitely using the power of his office to kind of influence yes. her. And he's Had not... he not been president, she would not have dated him. Exactly. You'd... You check the list to make sure that this hasn't been <laughs> brought up at some point. <laughs> maybe I don't know. Yeah. So, but I felt oh. I, I maybe because I'm a little bit more woke to that type of thing. And yes, I use the word woke. 
Um, Boy. But it did seem a little strange to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. You're, you're not wrong. You, 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 I keyed on that too. I just didn't write it down. But you're right. I, I, I felt that a little bit too. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. cool your jets, little guy. You know, just. <laughs> I mean, but in fairness, well, okay, I was going to say, it's not like she said no, but she kind of did a couple of times. She I mean, did. She even went there to break up with him. And then he was like, hey, I'm having dinner at your house or something. You know, like. I don't know. I think I I almost feel like rom-coms have given this idea that that's okay to just aggressively pursue someone like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like cuz because they're handsome and she's attractive and it's you know, there's happy music, then it's then it's cute and then at the end it's fine, but like you change the context and then it's that's then it's a, then it's a lifetime movie and he's the bad guy, you know what I'm saying? So Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's it. I already <laughs> mentioned my tropes. Yeah. Uh, time for some clippy clips. So I have a few here. Uh, here's one about the NRA. Another week. Oh, and Leon, don't be the nice, sweet guy from Brooklyn on this one. Do what the NRA does. Well, scare the shit out of him. Exactly. I can do that. <laughs> there you go. I like that guy. <laughs> he he is uh, also one of our Star Trek connections in this this um, thing movie. Um, if yeah, you like Space Force, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Uh, if you like sort, if you like the West Wing, then as soon as I heard this, I immediately stopped the movie and recorded it. Thank you, Mr. President. What's next? Security. What's next? Yeah. Thank you, Mr. President. What's next? Security. There's a lot of people talking, but yeah, he says what? What's next? Um. So that's a that's a West Wing thing. That's a big West Wing thing. Yeah. Maybe I should so have watched, watched, watched the West Wing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe I, I, I should have watched it before I did this. Yeah. Watched all. Watch all. Oh, sorry, it's loud. Watch all it's seven so seasons. I've never seen an episode. Oh, dude, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. It makes you have faith in our government that they're actually trying to do something to help people. Yeah. It's a I mean uh, on it, both sides too. It it doesn't demonize Republicans. It doesn't demonize Democrats. It just. It's it's hopeful. It it, it is a little Pollyanna. Nice. It is a little hopeful. Oh God, yeah. 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 It, it, but there's, I mean, there are moments where, like I said, it's a Democratic president with a Democratic staff written by a Democrat, right? Aaron Sorkin is a is a lifelong liberal, and that's that's there's nothing hidden in that. But even when they have to deal with the Republicans, there's a there's a line early in the series where someone says they're the enemy, and Leo, who is the chief of staff, uh, says, played by John Spencer who says, no, they are not the enemy. They are our opponent. They are our opponent. There's a lot of vowels. And, yeah. And there's, I wish right? people would, uh, would look at it that way today. Yeah. It was really, yeah, it's really, it's really lovely in that. And sad. so yeah. uh, it's a really, really good show. Um, I can't remember. Sam, Sam was one of the people that actually said, you need to watch it. And uh, but against my normal better judgment, I actually listened to him. And since then... <laughs> I've now watched it all the way through at least four times. <laughs> so it's it's yeah. kind of my it, it is honestly it's my it's my comfort food, especially during COVID. Yep. It's been kind of you know you get home from a, like a weird day at work or whatever, or just a stressful day because of the you you accidentally turned on the news and heard some terrible stat, right? And so it's like, all right, I'm gonna I'm just gonna put West Wing on in the background just to have it there while I'm cooking dinner or something 
or or just you know whatever. So it's it's it really is that like that and Psych are kind of my two happy places if Comfort I need place. something. Yeah. You know, which also has has you know Charlie. It's the same. Dulé Hill is in both, but it's it's like the office and parks and rec for me sure just, yeah. yeah there you go yep it's comfort food yeah it's a happy yeah. zone absolutely yeah. i will say this andrew is a is a i guess it's a slight spoiler but the west wing does an episode now it was it's before the american office the british office was out but they do a a documentary episode in the west wing where Huh. They're they're aware that they're, they're, there's a documentary crew. It's it's actually kind of a terrible episode. It's probably that was a live episode, wasn't it? No, no, they did a it live was a one. live episode. They yeah. did one recently on a, on a stage as a, as a no, stage this, play. No, but they did a live live a stage production, not not the recent one, but a actual episode is live. Well, they did. Yeah, they filmed the the, the bait. the The debate was live. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, there's a great. In the podcast, the West Wing Weekly, the, the the writer of that episode talks about all the things that the actors got wrong because they just forgot. <laughs> because they, they filmed is it. it. Uh, is Martin Sheen a master debater? He, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for bringing it back down to our normal level. I appreciate that. Well, I figured we were, we were. We were running rabbits, as they say. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, here's a here's a. I don't know why I like this in movies, and they do. It's not just Aaron Sorkin, but a lot of movies will do this, where like someone's gonna do a thing and you can't, but they think it's because of the other thing, but it's because of this thing instead. So here you go. You can't do that, Sydney. With all due respect, Mr. President, who's going to stop me? Well, if you go through that door, the United States Secret Service, that's my private office. Which makes me think, it's a funny line, but does he have Secret Service in his personal office just in case someone from the Oval goes in there? That seems weird. It does seem weird. I mean, I get the line. But it's... And was it me or the... I thought that's how she, she came into the room. Yeah, I thought so too. And then she tried to leave the same door, and he was like, no, that's my private. And I thought, well, okay, I must have missed that. Yeah, I, I know from the set of the of the West Wing, the TV show, and this is the same set. It, they built this set for the movie Dave, and then they used it for this movie, and then they repurposed it for the West Wing. But that door goes to the uh, chief of staff's office. So like, I didn't know that the president had a private office. I thought the Oval was his office. So anyway, but it's a funny line. Um, this is a great, I, I love this and they, they dive into it, into an episode of the West Wing. They get into the meat of what this means, but in the, in the, we only get a few seconds to kind of hang out in this, in this moment, but this is a, a, just a wonderful thing. It's decisive. It's low risk and it's a proportional response. Someday someone's going to have to explain to me the virtue of a proportional response. Yeah. Yeah. The virtue of a proportional response. That's a very Sorkin type of saying. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and like I said, they get. Go ahead. That whole scene, that whole scene there, where where he was saying, you know, I just gave the order. Janitor's going to work, and I just gave the order to have him killed. Yeah, it's they brings you back to like reality. Like this is the decisions that these guy that this guy is making. Our president is making. They're hard decisions, you know, and it makes him human. He actually 
feels the weight of these things. It's kind of kind of a good, very good writing yeah. because mm-hmm. and very good acting because he was very, you know, very very remorseful and almost felt like he shouldn't have. He, he acted like he shouldn't have done it. You know, he feels the weight of his of his decision, right? right? And we hope we would hope our our elected officials would all feel that way, right? That they would weigh lives against their decisions and things like that so that they could, you know, we could sleep it safe at night. You know, the, so there's opportunity cost with everything they do. Um, but um, it's it's nice to see that side of it. And he does, again, we, and people are, are screaming at us in their cars or wherever right now, stop talking about West Wing. But... They do that a lot in West Wing. That's where they get a little self-righteous sometimes when they start talking about um, the repercussions of some of their actions, especially when it does goes on others. On uh, when their actions involve military and and um, bombing and things like that. You unmuted, Andrew. You, you have you look like you're ready to with a retort. No, no, I wasn't. Oh, okay. You just unmuted. I figured you were ready to go. I was just going to add to to Melissa's point about one of the, the the scenes well acted, and and to add again to add to Sam's point about you know feeling the weight of it. Mike, Michael Douglas, you know the, the the president who is not a military man, so he's not used to, Mm-mm. for lack of a better word, he's not used to killing. So these generals are in the room. They're just it it, it almost seems like they're not understanding where he's coming from. They're like, we're going to blow up this target. He goes, how many people work in the building? Well, why does it matter? How many people are in the building? Well, we can't know that. We'll find out. Well, there'll be, when's the night shift? Like he's asking these questions. He wants to destroy the material with as few lives of, few human lives lost that he can. Mm -hmm. And, and it does, and it does weigh on him. Unlike what it does to these generals that are used to this kind of thing. And and my my intro my middle name for I think Andrew was when the guy when he when the president asks how many people are we gonna hit or how many people are we gonna kill and he says well it'll be more if we miss what kind of line is that and he's like are we gonna miss and he says well well no like he's trying to make a joke people are going to die these might be the bad guys in the movie and might might be bad guys in real life but we're still gonna kill people from the safety of a a fortress in Washington D.C. So there's let's let's have a little bit of um, ceremony about this, guys. A little that's not the word I'm looking for, but just understanding, so, yeah, yeah, understanding the 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 weight of the, the weight. situation. Yeah, so that the, the, this is like realizing blowing up the Death Star has just killed millions of people, where most of them probably were not evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not. Yeah, I like that bit too. The whole thing is like, yeah. those are just contractors. They were there, or maybe even you know, like slave labor. They were there just doing a job. And, um, okay. Um, who here has not done this joke? Lewis and Robin are very smart. Sydney says you guys are really stupid. I didn't say that. <laughs> She's questioning your loyalty. Hell, I question it all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually done that so much that my kids do that now. <laughs> nice. Tell mom I love her. Dad says he hates you. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here is um I thought was this was just enjoyable dialogue. 
Good swing. 19 postgraduate degrees in mathematics and your best explanation of going from a 63 to a 46% approval rating in five weeks is mood swings. Well, I could explain it better, but I do charts and graphs and an easel. Fellas, we haven't slept in three years. Can't we forget about work for one night and take a moment to enjoy each other as friends? It's Christmas. It's Christmas? Yeah. You didn't get the memo? <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and Melissa, you would be crazy to think that I did not cue in on this. Is a view pretty good from the cheap seats, AJ? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to yes. say it because I was afraid that you had already had it queued up. So. Oh man, yeah. If I if he would have if I could have remembered if he ever used the word review in the <laughs> you, let's <laughs> let's review this document or whatever, I would I would splice yeah. it together, and then. Yeah. Say something. I have Michael. Douglas Maybe another say. one of his movies. You can find it. Oh. Just, just keep looking. Yeah, we have to go back and rewatch *Romancing the Stone* or something. All right, here we go. Time for this. And now for some more bad news. Ready? All right, I'm gonna cook through this as quickly as I can because we're running late. Uh, before the movie started shooting, Michael J. Fox was still keeping his Parkinson's disease a secret. He felt he would lose the role if Rob Reiner found out. During a basic and routine fitness screening, Fox was terrified that clinicians would detect the periodic shaking in his left hand and eventually connect it to Parkinson's. Fortunately for Fox, he took his medication in time to quell the shaking, and the test amounted to nothing more than checking the heart rate and blood pressure. Mm. But I, for some Poor reason, guy. when I read that, I was saddened by that. And not just mm-hmm. saddened for Michael J. Fox that he has this disease, but saddened that he felt that he had to hide it. Yeah. You know, he felt that somebody would not keep him on just because of it. Sad yeah. all in itself. Yeah. Yeah. One of the few rare PG 13 movies to allow to keep its PG 13 despite using the F word three times, but none of them were wow. used in a sexual context. Uh, okay, here we go. Martin Sheen, Anna Devere Smith, Nina Masco, Bo Billingsley, Josh Molina, uh, Ralph Mayering Jr., Richard Gon- McGonagall. Oh, sure, why not? Tom Barry, Gabriel Jarrett, Ron Canada, Ron Canada, Nick Toth, and Aaron Sorkin all had roles in this and the West Wing. So, there you go. List. Now... Oot. Here is okay. Hold on, I gotta find my clip. I never have this thing ready. I always feel dumb. So, well, hold on. Here it is. Where, where's my? Where's my? Uh, gosh darn it! Where Shoe fit. Here it is. That is one big pile of shit. Okay. Leave me alone. All right. So, ooh, why was that playing? Alone, you idiot. That's weird. Um, someone put this in the trivia this is just strange being from Wisconsin and being of good moral character President Shepard is of course a Green Bay Packers fan (laughs) 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 oh my gosh that's dumb of course why not yeah okay Uh, time for something else time for this excuse me while I whip this out this is time for our top three movies, and we're going to do Michael Douglas, even though we probably did it for Romancing the Stone, but that was so long ago, uh, I don't remember. So, And it's not in my list, so therefore we're doing it again. And Andrew, you have the honor of going first. Yeah, I don't. now that I think about these movies, I don't think we did that for him. 
So I think we're good. I think we're in the clear. I don't know what we would have uh, done. So at number three. Yeah. yeah. So at number three, I have It Runs in the Family, which is a movie he did with uh, his dad and his son. Uh, they were all three in it. It wasn't the greatest movie, but I've only seen three Michael Douglas movies if I don't count <laughs> some of the Marvel things. <laughs> so uh, that is why that makes number three. And it's it's an okay movie. It's a little comedy. Uh, and it's, you know, it's got some... It's got some deep stuff in it. Uh, number two, speaking of Marvel, I have him in Ant-Man. Uh, I thought his role, especially at the very beginning of the movie, is just really great. Yeah. Uh, slamming old what's-his-face's uh, nose into the table. It's good. It's good stuff. And then uh, number one, there's a movie called The In-Laws. And if you haven't seen it, it is well worth the watch. Very funny. Uh, not, not a great movie at all, but it's really funny. It has the guy that voices, uh, Nemo's dad in, uh, Finding yeah. Nemo. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a good one. All right, cool. There we are. Cool. Sam? All right. Uh, is I've got a, um, number three and if it's, it's a train wreck of a movie, but it's one of those train wrecks that you just can't stop watching. It's a uh, HBO's Behind the Candelabra, where he plays. Uh, is it Pavarotti? No, can't remember the name of the guy. But it's he is just it's he acts his butt off in that movie. It's amazing. Um, I've got Ant Man at number two, and then one he of plays my Liberace. Movies, Liberace, yeah, Liberace. Thank you. One of my favorite movies that I haven't thought of in a long time, and I think it's one of our lost movies, is The Ghost in the Darkness. Yeah. Um, one of his early, earlier films. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that one's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. What he, what Sam means when it's our lost movies, we recorded it and then there was something that happened and the file got completely erased or I don't remember what happened, but it, it, we, we recorded it, we watched it and recorded it, but we don't have it. So we, yeah, it's somewhere we, in the ether. Yeah. We, we've been toying with the idea of, of redoing it, like rewatching it and, and re, re-reviewing it. How about you? Oh, was that all three? That I I missed one. Okay, uh, yeah. M- Melissa, do you have do you have three? Yes, I do. Have uh, number three is the Ant Man. I really liked it, and I did put a V in front of it. I'm going to do that for all of these because <laughs> obviously it's a thing. <laughs> nice, nice. And then I have number two is the Falling Down. Ah, okay. That movie is absolutely insane. I've never seen it. You need to watch it as soon as possible. Okay. It, isn't, it is a... Um, it's not where he has a mental breakdown and shoots yes, a bazooka just, at somebody or something? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. It's, um, it was all crazy. They did like basically all, um, like a remake of that recently with Russell Crowe. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not a remake, all, but it's the same. Um, you know how he did in Ant-Man where he slammed that guy's face into the table? You need to multiply that by like a thousand. It's just... Yeah. Joel it's Schumacher a very different, directed it. It's a very different movie from what he typically does. Because yeah. you, know, you have the, like, the basic instincts and fatal attraction and all that kind of stuff. But it's very... <laughs> it's just good. You need to watch it. And then number one, I like The American President. It's my favorite. <laughs> cool. I, I like the humor. I, I can't one? help it. Um, this one? 
<laughs> the one that we've been talking well we haven't actually been talking about that one the west wing i should say yeah. instead of the american president we'll west, just yeah. say the west wing west wing the movie yeah yeah the movie yeah the pre-sequel that's fair the pre-sequel yeah. <laughs> all right cool uh mine uh basically all been said also except for one so i also did the ant-man um, basically, I'm just saying as Hank Pym. So basically, right. Anytime he's on in the in the MCU, it's yeah. it's pretty good. Uh, I also did the the ghost, the the ghost, and the darkness. <laughs> and then my number one is the romancing the stone. Really, I like it. It's a dumb. I movie. would, but see, I would put ghost above that one for sure. Uh actually, right? Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe you're right. I don't know. I guess because I think of Ghost as a Val Kilmer vehicle. Oh, okay. You know, and and he he gets killed in this. Well, like a spoiler alert for a twenty year old movie, but at least in yeah. Romancing, he you know gets to drive in a Ford Bronco named Pepe. So <laughs> anyway, there you nice. go. That's that. Time for this. Wait, what's supposed to happen? We're gonna do this real quick. Out of ten, you're gonna give us a score. I'm gonna write it down for no reason at all. It's, it's like, it's like, what was the whose line, whose line is, is it anyway? Yeah, yeah. The, the points don't matter. Yeah, it's the score doesn't matter. Andrew. Uh, yeah. So, I, like I said, I enjoyed it. I thought that uh, it did all three of the genres fairly well. Um, There's just a few things that I had an issue with about the film, but. Overall, I would I would watch it again, and so I'm going to give this a uh, let's say a, a six point nine, just because I'm feeling Randy. <laughs> mm, nice. Who's <It's> Randy? <laughs> well, he's this guy sitting next to me. He feels pretty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Melissa, you actually have to go next, according to my sheet. Okay. Um, I really love the movie, and I love the humor. And my favorite line out of the movie, I didn't say it in all this review because I figured you'd have it on a sound cue, but it was whenever Sidney Illinois was talking and he walks in the room and then he's like quiet and then she's saying something like he's a terrible person or whatever. And he goes, well, let's just take him out back and beat the crap out of him. It's probably one of my favorite <laughs> lines in any movie. Yeah. You know, it's just, he's just smart alike in, in there. And I, I pro- I'll give this movie like an 8.2. All right. Love it. Yeah. Cool. Sam? I, you know, this is always, it's always hard to do this to this type of movie because I enjoy it. It's not the best movie in the world, but it's still something I would recommend, you know, for a date night movie or something like that. So I'm going to, I'm going to give it an even seven out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Gosh, I was just saying last week that it's been. It feels like it's been about a month or so since we've done a pretty good movie. And Decent, I, yeah. Yeah, I feel like this is a pretty good movie. And as much as I feel like we spent the majority of the evening kind of poo-pooing on it, um, I I think it's uh, it's good. It's fun. So, poo-poo! Poo-poo! Is this the oldest out of this group? I don't know. Some weird bird just just came in. It's hard to tell. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I have have nothing to say uh, except that I'm going to give it a 7.1. It's it's good. Oh, I can't do that. No, I have to give it a 7.12. There we go. 
makes was the, it was it tying something else? Yeah, so now it's at a, now it rests at a seven point three zero five. Okay, so maybe I should find a way to make this list available, like on our Facebook group or something, just so that other people can look at it in case they care. Or just put a link to it. Oh, they do. Book. No, they care. Oh, they care. I hope so. They do. Because I was just thinking about this the other day, like, because the podcast that I've been listening to, the last, basically, when they do the outro, like the ending credits, I I skipped to the next episode. So I now realize people probably do that for this show. So I wonder, what's the point of demarcation for people that listen to the show? Right? Like, today, about a minute in. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) That's very fair. You're not wrong. All right. No. that's it. Uh, real, the, the the last uh, little thing that we do here that's new and fun and weird, I guess. I guess it's fun. I'm having fun with it. Is the little game where we do where name the quote. And and of course, I forgot to write it down ahead of time, and I can't read the darn thing. Let's you're see. You're so blind. Yeah. God, you're blind. <laughs> I really can't read Don't it. Don't look directly into the sun, Sean. Come on. Oh, it's the thing from... <laughs> So this could be seismatic or no systematic. It could be hydromatic, ultramatic. Why it could be grease lightning. There it is. Gosh. All right. So there's your movie quote. I wonder what that could be. Yeah, I don't know. And uh, who knows? No one will ever know. Uh, but what I do know is that thank you everyone for listening and for putting up with our garbage. And thank you so much, Melissa, for joining us. It was a lot of fun. At least I hope you had yes. a good time. We we had a good time. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And uh, good. That's great. Because that's ultimately what matters is that you had fun and that no one died. Mm. So that's good. Um, when are we playing video games? Because that was my like reason. <laughs> well, lured under false pretenses. You, at, 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 you are now contractually, uh, you have met your contract and you are now able yeah. to go and do that thing. I, however, must yeah. edit the podcast now and therefore have zero time for that fun activity but <laughs> while they're playing video games and i'm editing you the listener should go to our facebook page facebook.com slash cheap seat reviews and you can go to our twitter is at cheap seat cast you can follow us on those places uh we do have the facebook group feel free to join yeah you can just join and i'll say yes and we can talk about other things uh cheap seat reviews at gmail.com is of course our email address where you can you know email us things as people used to do. Again, I know we've got a, we do have an email in here. I'm just saving it. We're going to get you there, Alan. I've mentioned it before. We're going to get you there. Our website, cheapseatreviews.libsyn.com is how you can find old episodes. Go back and listen to even more of us if you would like. Go back to the beginning where we had the joke about me running into Ashley Judd or the boom under the horse. Go find the original jokes and it will, you'll, your life will be all the sweeter. And, and seriously, if you guys can, leave us a review. iTunes would be best. Uh, more people that leave the reviews, then the more people that can find us. It's just the way the algorithm works. So please, leave us a review on iTunes. iTunes, it'd be really nice if you could do that. Okay. Um, or iTunes, if you're a mortician. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Um, we never said the jokes were funny on here. No, we've definitely never uh, we've never said that at all. So nope. anyway, nope. Uh, go do those things. 
And on behalf of uh, Andrew and Sam and Melissa, again, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you uh, next week for Gemini Man. We're doing Gemini Man. Thank you.